Welcome to the I Know a Thing podcast. I'm Kat. I'm Kelly. And this is Lauren. And today we're going to talk about the plight of public school teachers. Public school teachers have reached their breaking point, and we are at severe risk of losing them in droves. Over the past five years, teachers have been under increasing pressure to navigate many issues that reach beyond their traditional responsibilities, coupled with having little to no recourse against student, parent, and administrative criticism. Recent teacher feedback has been unsettling. Of the 10 teachers we interviewed, most feel negatively about the direction their profession is headed. According to a study by the National Education Association, 55% of educators report they are more likely to leave or retire from education sooner than planned. So how does everyone feel about kind of the state of schools at this point in this day and age? Like, do we feel like things are going in the right direction, like post-COVID? Do we see a good change? I mean, I know, Lauren, you did all that research and talk to all those teachers and they kind of had their own opinions on things. And, um, you know, it kind of sounded like teachers weren't really thrilled with the direction of how things were going. No, I, yeah, no, I would say 90% of the teachers I talked to said they are not optimistic about the future of education and particularly in the case of public school educators, which were about 80% of the people that I interviewed. Um, they're just, dealing with unprecedented levels of problems that they've never dealt with before. Um, You know, obviously the pandemic was a problem, but when they returned to school, um, behavior issues were a major problem. I mean, almost every single one of them talked about that, that, you know, you know, their kids uh, during um, distance learning were, you know, had their camera off or they had their pajamas on, or they could leave with their camera off and go get pizza in the kitchen and no one even knew it. Um, And they sort of came back with like their feet on the desk and no real respect for anyone, including the teachers mostly. Yeah. I mean, I would say when I, that's what I've definitely noticed as a sub is that I feel like when I taught kindergarten, like 13 plus years ago, I feel like classroom um, etiquette, etiquette. Yes. Classroom etiquette was the kids knew, the kids knew what to expect. The parents knew what to expect, kind of whatever the teacher said and what the rules were. That's how it was. There wasn't a lot of like pushback and now being in classrooms now it's like the wild, wild West in there. I mean, it's, you know, and it's no fault of the teachers. I feel like it's just kids do not have the, um, like educational kind, like how to act in an education like setting where it's kind of, well, I don't have to do that. And that's not how I did it at home. And they don't have, they were not exposed to any of that. Like they're COVID babies, basically. Mm -hmm. Kindergartners are COVID babies. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, even our third graders, if you think about how little they were in real school and they didn't even finish a full year. It was half a year. So, I mean, even third graders don't even have that kind of school kind of how you act. And I think it really is showing up now in, in schools. Well, and a side note, anxiety levels 
and sixth graders who are starting middle yep. school and just got a chunk of their elementary school taken out of yep. seems to be skyrocketing. Oh, yeah. Um, one of my kiddos, super, she's kind of been anxious forever, but like post-COVID, of course, it's a little escalated. Mm-hmm. And so she just doesn't want to go to school and she'll go to the nurse. And she was at the nurse the other day with one of her friends and another boy that she knows. And like all these kids are just too anxious to do the work in a classroom because they're so used to like having the comfort of, home. of being at home. Yeah. But but <laughs> they need to be able yeah. to be uncomfortable and like work through some stuff. But it's hard to navigate. Okay, what do I push this kid yep. to do? And what do I just let her not do it because anxiety? Well, and that was one of the major, major issues for teachers that I interviewed was that like, yes, mental health is a huge problem, you know, following COVID. There's lots of anxiety, there's lots of depression, but it's also being used as an excuse to get out of things. 100%. (laughs) Yeah. Or to excuse behavior, you know, sometimes I think. Exactly. And so there's, they, the teachers say, I have no recourse. I can't say, well, no, you're mentally fine because, you know, I have no reason to believe one way or the other and I have no ability to call you on it. Yeah. And so it's become like an issue where they can't really discipline the kids who are acting out because, you know, it's always, well, teacher, I, you know, I'm, I'm anxious. I'm just mm-hmm. that other. So that's become something they can't really deal with. Right. Well, couple that with the fact that finding a therapist for a preteen is literally impossible and emailing the school counselor results in like, you know, no, nothing because they're so overwhelmed yeah. with, with the amount of kids that need help right now. It's uh yeah, no, like what what do you what do you do? <laughs> and I and I do think, I mean, back in the day I feel like as a teacher you might have, you know, in a class you know, some behavior issues or, but it was manageable. Mm -hmm. I feel like teachers now have behavior issues. They're testing 24 Mm seven. They are expected to be 500,000 things in a day you know, they have to do so much and they have such high expectations and they're being expected to do so much and there's not enough support and there's not enough, there's not enough teachers and there's not enough substitutes and there's not enough you know, IAs and parrot. There's just oh, and are they getting enough. paid a lot more money for no. this? Okay, no. And <laughs> no. so, in some cases, we have. I mean, I sub now. I'm a sub now because there's such a shortage. There are teachers who, even though they're sick, come to work because they know that there's there are no subs yeah. to even to even ha- be take their you know to help. So I mean, it's such it's such a problem, and. The other thing I think is that a lot of teachers and administrators are realizing that and want out of schools Mm -hmm. and want a cushy administrative Mm -hmm. job. Mm -hmm. And so we're losing a lot of good, and I don't blame them, but they'd rather move up where they're not dealing with parents, they're not dealing with um, behavioral issues, they're not dealing with report cards, and they're not dealing with testing. Um, and, And I get it, you know? Um, it's a problem. I think it's a problem. And I think everyone kind of is suffering. I think the kids suffer. I think the teachers suffer. I think the schools suffer. I think parents suffer. I mean, I think it's just not good all around. And I don't know what the solution is, but I think 
you know, I think we're kind of at a you know, kind of at a disadvantage, especially when other countries and other places are so forward thinking in their the way they look at education and we're so backwards. I feel so like my sixth grader so literally backwards. the other day, my sixth grader was like, Can we please move to Finland? Because their education system is so <laughs> because her best friend from like kindergarten lives in mm -hmm. Finland and they still talk. And she's like, um, I'm pretty sure Finland knows what they're doing. So can <laughs> we, we don't. please just move to Finland? And I'm like, not that easy, but <laughs> I think that's Noted. a good point yeah. that you bring up. But also mm -hmm. I'm not going to homeschool. So like, let's figure out a happy middle ground here. Yeah. And there's so much, I mean, I love the fact that there's this equity push, but at the same time, it's a problem for teachers because what's happened is, is like <clears throat> the special needs kids are now integrated into regular classrooms instead of having like a learning center, at least in our area, they're increasingly being integrated in there and they don't have the money to have paraeducators or one-on-one -on -one aides. So the teachers are literally responsible for this entire class of kids and then special need kids to boot who may or may not have outbursts. I mean, um, my daughter was telling me about a situation that happened last year. She had two special needs kids in her class, in her middle school class. And, um, you know, one got upset. The other one was trying to console her. It seemed like a threat to one of them. And they just kind of went at each other. And the teacher had to call um, in, like, to the front office, basically, like, I need help and to get them apart. And um, it was so upsetting to the teacher. She was just out in tears. She was shaking. She didn't know what to do because she's not trained to handle this. Like she's trained to teach science. She is not right. trained to, yeah. you know, deal with this type of situation. Mm -hmm. And so now we're asking teachers to deal with, okay, let's integrate, you know, kids who may have different learning abilities in here. Not that it's a bad thing, but you really need to have one-on-one -on -one aids to make right. that work. Cause you know, Go ahead. Oh, no, well, those those teachers, like the learning center teachers, are specifically mm -hmm. trained on how to keep those students safe mm -hmm. in every situation and how to help them in, in like the typical classroom. And I did foster care for several years and I had a little uh, foster son who was in the learning center in first grade. And there's just no way like I could barely like one on one with him control some of the behaviors and and also pay attention to my other kids. So I'm like, I can't even imagine having an entire classroom. Not that there's anything wrong with that little boy by any means, but there's just a higher level of need. Mm -hmm. um, so the one-on-one -on -one is, it's not like a luxury, it's a necessity. Right. And so if they can't afford that, that just throws everything into chaos. Right. And I was talking to an elementary school teacher. She said, so here's the issue. She said, "It you have to apply to get a a one-on-one -on -one aid for each of these students. So they come into your classroom, you recognize the need, you apply for it. You have to file so much paperwork. And even with that, it's going to take nine months. So she's like, you know, they're going to be out of your classroom by the time you get it. So do I deal? I have to deal with the situation no matter what. It's going to take me nine months. Do I deal with the prohibitive paperwork all year that I have to file when I'm not even going to get the aid anyway in time. Would that pass through to the next year? No. Or you have to start over? The, you have to start over. So what's the point? Nobody's going to do that. No, nobody has, do nobody yeah. has the time yeah. and nobody's getting compensated for that time. Right. Exactly. 
and so I and I do said, yeah it's, worth, it's just a useless process and I yeah. do think that is where teachers are at where it's just I feel like they feel like their hands are tied and their only option is just to kind of like deal with it the best you can but I feel like no one benefits from that the teacher doesn't benefit that special needs student doesn't benefit the main the 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 other children don't benefit I mean everyone's suffering at that point mm -hmm. yeah. and no one is in a better position because of it and right. so I don't know you know and I I can app I I don't know if you gals I went to public school I did not go to private school public public, public, school, public, public school, like yeah. public. I went to private college, but I went to public Same. school. Same. Oh my God. I love that. Um, but I never in my life would have ever thought I would think twice about public school. But there was a time when our girls, well, not, you know, our kiddos were in seventh grade. Um, I thought about pulling and go to private school because mm -hmm. I thought this is not working for us. Mm -hmm. Like this, there has got to be a better way. This cannot, this is not right. Yeah. And I can see why private schools blew up with, with people going. But at that same point, at the same time, you have to be able to afford <laughs> private school. Like I'm what a sorry. luxury. I have five children yes. and I'm not a teacher. I'm not, I cannot, I cannot justify the cost no. because we live in a school district with historically great public that schools. That are basic, they should be like private schools. I mean, I that's was, what we're told. We complaining about a school district that has Microsoft and Amazon yeah. and Facebook yep. in their backyard. Yeah. Like, and Google it is, and it, Apple. And one of my best, one of my best friends is a teacher in Yonkers, New York for a high school specifically for children that need like high school reading in a first grade level like wow. they need that extra help covid was just mass it just massacred oh yeah their population like mm -hmm. those kids didn't sign into online classes they so never like came we're back. super privileged yes our kids were in the like we had our kids in their classrooms during yeah. doing remote learning we did the best that we could yep. and it's still a problem it's so like problem. imagine situations where you're not in in our city yeah yeah. And you don't have two parents that can like one of them can just sit at home and push the join meeting mm -hmm. button all day long. Yeah, it's it's a uh, very systemic. It's not just it is. yeah. It is, and I think I think so much of what we see at see or what we're seeing at schools now in our district, which is shocking because it's so affluent. It's everyone's educated, you know. Yeah. Um, not everyone, but you know what I mean. Um. If we're seeing that and oh, we're still yeah. seeing the after effect, uh, after effect of that, I can't even imagine mm -hmm. what is happening and the learning deficit that we are going to see for years and years mm -hmm. and years and years to come. When you think about the workforce, when you think about, I mean, I can't even, you can't even wrap your mind around it. When you walk into a kindergarten classroom, it's like absolute chaos. You're yeah. thinking, what in the world? Yeah. The aftershock is going to last. For well, a very long time. Yeah. I have a sister and a sister-in-law in Tennessee that both were working in public schools prior to COVID. And both of them 100% work in private schools yeah. right now because it's such a... Yeah. For lack of a better word, it's a shit show. Yeah. It's just a shit show. And like And I don't think it's I don't think it's bounced back. That's the thing, is that sure, we're no one's wearing masks and we're not COVID testing and we're doing that. But I feel like we have not bounced back 
in schools. Mm-hmm. We have not. Behavior-wise. I mean, I think in so many ways. Stuck. I think, oh, my sixth grader, her main anxiety is, I don't know how to study. She's like, I don't know. Nobody's taught me how to study. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess we missed that part. Yeah. I mean, all those yeah. things of they've, like, um, you know, they missed, I mean, no, I don't, I'm not a fan of, you know, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of all that testing. No. But so many of those kids like went years without just like standardized testing. So we don't really even know where. Or it, or it didn't even matter. Didn't even know. I had two sixth graders when they were pretty much remote the entire year of sixth grade. They brought their report card home and I was like, I'm not even looking at that. I'm not, I'm like, okay, that's great. It's going in the recycle bin. <laughs> this doesn't because count. Because yeah. it was that bad. Oh, yeah. But how can you eat? How could we even give out report cards? Why were they even giving out report cards? Like no one was doing anything. Nothing was even no. happening. Oh, my sixth grader Nothing who was played happening. three sports yeah. at the time failed sixth grade PE. Yeah. Oh, mine too. Oh, give me a break. Yeah. I'm sorry. Well, that PE situation was a nightmare for many of us. Oh, yes. Yeah. No, I don't want to get into yeah. it. Okay. But I mean, I do think one thing I will just never forget is I remember over and over during that time, during the COVID times being told like, we have to give educators grace, give grace, give grace, give grace. Yeah. But I feel like where was our grace? You know what I mean? Like as parents and the kids, and I felt like they were still being held to a standard that was so unrealistic. Sixth grade remote PE. I, I don't even know how like, you grade that. I don't even understand me. what that means. This kid is going to four sports yeah. practices a week uh-huh. and you get an yeah, F yeah. in sixth uh-huh. grade remote oh PE because he wasn't running in place in front of a camera. Or because they don't. Are you kidding me what right now? What sixth grader wants to turn their camera on no. in front of their friends doing sit-ups? No one. Uh, listen, I'm a 40-year-old no woman. Mm-mm. You couldn't pay me enough. Me either. <laughs> I wouldn't even want to be on the camera ever. I would never show up. No. 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 Yeah. So I think the whole thing was a disaster. And I think, you know, I I I do not understand. I think going forward, we're going to have, I realize there's a lot of shortages right now of like eggs and Ritalin and other things. I feel like teachers are the next shortage because mm-hmm. who is going to take that job? Well, you know, my, my parents were middle school yes. teachers in public school. Yeah. And I was talking to my dad the other day and he just said, he's like, I would never take a public school position no. whatsoever in my life at this point. And he, and I was just like, he said, I honestly, I feel bad, but I think the public schools are going to be going away. He said, I think what they should do is give vouchers to parents like school choice and let them pick schools and instead just give them the tax money to pick their private school or their choice school and let them do that because this is not going to work going forward like it's just never going to work and i'm i have always been 100 percent pro public schools yeah, yeah me too it's so sad right it's it terrible sad. i think yeah. especially when you you know you have a family and you decide to live in a place and you you know you base it on like this belief that these schools are great and you know that's a big reason people choose to live where they want to where they live is because of schools yeah and no one should have to pay for a private school like you can choose to but yeah it should not be out of necessity you know what they can do is take the money from public schools and put it into yeah. give it give it back to the parents and the families well every kid them. i mean every kid could have like a school account where there's a certain price, you know, not yeah. a certain amount or per an kid. Or online school even. I mean, yeah. for some of these kids, 
they did better in online school. You know, I didn't realize there still are online schools. Yeah, you know, I, I didn't realize that. There's Someone, an online high school that my neighbor, my little my little like high school neighbor, mm-hmm. she's she's, she's doing still, that. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize someone had yeah. someone mentioned it in passing. Don't I'm tell, like, oh do gosh. not tell my sixth grader about no. this. Okay, <laughs> she's like, oh my I cannot have her at home <laughs> pretending to do online school and just like watching TV all yeah. day. Yeah. So yeah. it's not for everybody. Um, yeah, it's just it's it's difficult because yeah, we live on in a place uh-huh. in the country that is known for its public schools for sure, yeah. and it's super disappointing. And I love, I still love all the teachers my kids have at the elementary school. They're amazing. They're doing the best they can they're with doing what the they best have. They can, yes. But they're they're being dealt a very difficult hand. They are. they are, and for no pay. And I have to bring up this last part, which was actually the worst part of the interviews that I had with the teachers. So the worst thing I heard from teachers is that they're like being asked to teach things that they're not qualified to teach. Like they're basically being asked to teach health issues and situations um, about sexual orientation um, or sexual identity, and they're not equipped to do it. And it's leading them in a path that makes them really uncomfortable and also um, getting them into trouble in some cases. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think, like we said before, teachers are being put in an impossible situation where they're being asked to teach things that they really, you need to have professionals come in and teach that. And it's too much to ask of a teacher. And I think there has to be like age appropriate, developmentally appropriate topics. And I feel like it's just this blanket idea of like, we need to teach kids all these things. And it's not necessarily all age appropriate. I think we can all agree that kids should be taught certain things at certain points and kids need to have knowledge about things. But I think it can do more harm than good if they're not taught at an appropriate age in an appropriate way by an appropriate educator. Um, And I can only imagine as a teacher being terrified that your words are going to be taken out of context or kids going to go home and retell it differently. You didn't say it like that and then you're in trouble. Um, And so I think the district is, I think, overreaching in a lot of ways. Um, feel like... I would much rather have, if it's going to be taught, I'd rather, I'd feel more comfortable knowing that teachers had training or I was given a guide or I was given notice. I think part of the issue in our district was a lot of the stuff was being taught and parents were not aware and parents felt in the dark. Parents felt blindsided. They wanted to have conversation with conversations with their children, maybe beforehand yeah. and kids were coming home and you know how kids are. They're talking amongst themselves and no one has the right information. And so it's like these rumors get started and misinformation and like, um, you know, false information is being passed around. Mm-hmm. And that's the worst scenario ever. Right. I'd rather have my children have no information than false information. Yeah. Or let me tell them first. Or, you know, I don't know. I think it's a fine line of just, um, I think we've gone really far in one direction I think it's hard to like reel it back in sometimes, mm-hmm. but um, I think there's a, there is a balance and I, I feel like teachers want that balance, but they don't have the power to do that. They're being, it, they have, they're being dictated by a higher being to mm-hmm. do and teach certain things. All right. Well, 
I think we should end the podcast with tales from the post-COVID middle school, you know, some funny stories that we have. Yes. No. So, you know, that I did a little subbing. I do a little subbing in my, all my free time. Mm -hmm. And I started subbing during the COVID time or after the COVID times, because they were desperate for subs. Mm -hmm. And I mainly sub at the elementary school because that's my jam. Mm -hmm. But our girls want, thought it'd be hysterical if I subbed in the middle school once and I did not want to at all. And I still have PTSD from it. Um, because those kids are horrifying. They're very scary. <laughs> um, and they're big and they're loud. And so I subbed in an English class for half a day and it was one of the most traumatic experiences of my life. <laughs> um, <laughs> never again. And so before I went in, our girls and their friends were very generous with their tips for me. hmm what not to do. And number one on the list, they said, Kelly, whatever you do, whatever you do, you know, do not let the kids go to the bathroom in pairs. And I was like, okay. really? It's good like, advice. It's good advice. But I mean, listen, I am a former teacher. I'm a professional. Like, of course I can handle, of course, like done. Right. right. I'm not going to go in pairs. I would never, you know? Mm-hmm. No problem. So I get in there and first of all, they, there's zero respect. They're asking me who I am. Why are you here? Are you the sub? They're all taller than me, which isn't that big of a feat. That's to, not a stretch. That's not much, you know, doesn't take much. Bunch. And, um, I'm in there I and I'm like, okay, everyone, um, class, class, class. You know, like I, how I talk to my little kindergartners mm-hmm. and they are not, they're not having any of it. They're talking. They don't stop talking. They're basically mocking me. And then I'm like, okay, I'm taking role. Okay. Um, you know, uh, Brian, are you here? No answer. Uh, Rachel, are you here? And Rachel tells me that she goes by, um, her name is rat. <laughs> and I said, um, can you spell that for me? Do you mean like R-A-T, like the animal? Yes. So like, okay, rat, let me write that down. So I write her name down <laughs> and then none of them are where they're supposed to be. And within five minutes, two boys come straight up to me and say, are you the sub? Like, yeah, I'm here in the middle. You know, I'm here up in the, in the front of the class. Mm-hmm. Can we go to the bathroom? Yes, you may. <laughs> go ahead. Never saw them again. Don't know where they went. <laughs> Don't know what happened to them. No clue. They wore you oh. down within five minutes. I mean, I still, I, I'm sweating just remembering that <laughs> scenario. It was horrific. I mean, these kids are out of control. <laughs> it was very scary here. Man, I kind of want to have the experience just to oh, go in and do it, it once. It was not good, Lauren. It was do not you think good. I'd get away with going all New York on them, or do you think they'd yes. be arrested? I mean, probably be arrested. Never. But, I mean... I probably better than me. Probably they probably would they probably would respond better to you than me. You know? They were not well, at the end of the day, if I'm in jail, it's not not not, I'll, not I'll a great you. outcome. I'll bail you up. Okay, don't, don't, don't. Thank you. So yeah, that was my tales from middle school where I never again. I'll stick to the kindergartners. They're like, You're beautiful. Oh, I love you, sweetheart. Yeah. Yeah. I don't need any of that middle school nightmare. Right. No. no. Why do you need that? Do you have any funny any funny stories? So my favorite story is um, when they came back from COVID and I guess, 
you know, the administration and the teachers recognized that there were all these, you know, behavior problems. And they were, you know, hearing a lot of cuss words and slurs in the hallways. Bad language. Yeah, bad language. Yeah. So they brought them all into an auditorium and they basically had an entire list of words that they are not allowed to say. Mm-hmm. But instead of giving them the words, <laughs> I remember this. Uh huh. They gave them the first letter. <laughs> Like Wheel of Fortune? It was basically like, give me an H. Give me an H. Like, so literally they said, you are not allowed to say these words, you know, but we're not going to tell you what the words are. Right. We're just going to give you the first letter. Right. So story goes, somebody comes home, what, you know, a kid from middle school Mm -hmm. and says to his parents, um, did you know that the F word is a slur? And the parents are like, uh, it's a curse, but it's not really a slur. Like, I don't, we don't really know what you mean. And so he was, you know, he said, yep, absolutely. It is. They told us that at school today. So of course, like the, you know, all of us are like, you know, I'm asking people for these parents, you know, like, do you oh, yeah. know what they're, because, you know, this mom was like kind of freaking out. And she's like, I don't know what to tell him. Like, I never knew that that word was a slur. Well, as it turns out, that was not the for letter f word that they were indicating correct so then the parents had to explain what the real word was which they weren't they wouldn't have had to before the child would have never known the word to begin with right but they didn't want their kid to go around thinking that the f word was a slur so they of course had to say yeah this is the word so um i guess the net net on all this is a lot of kids learned a lot of words Mm -hmm. that they would have never known before. otherwise not known no like they would have, you know, they had their whatever three words that they knew they couldn't say, and then you know, like as you as you mentioned that the kids are walking home on the oh, walk yeah. home, like yelling, yelling them out all, these words. all the new words they learned at school that they're not supposed to say. I mean that, and I remember we on our like we have a mom, you know, like a mom text message thing, and I remember all of us were like, "Do you know the word? What's this word? What's which <laughs> f word? What was what?" Else? What's this word? I don't know what this means. What letter are they using? What are the middle letters? Like, no one knew what was happening. It was like, it was like, oh my gosh, it's not good. No. So now these kids have 27 more words in their arsenal yes. to use. Yes. That they're not allowed school. to use. Yeah. But, that they but know, no one knows them. No. But they know the first letter. <laughs> oh my gosh. Because that's really helpful. Really helpful. Yes. No. I'm telling you, middle school, it's no joke. A no. post a post COVID middle school is no joke. No, not at all. But I have to say, like, there. I mean, it's been frustrating, but it's been kind of comical too. Like, if you take all these things and, you know, like, I mean, you have the, to laugh about it. All the you best do. had to be the story about um, the tampons. Oh, the feminine product. The feminine hygiene product. Yes, that was a situation. Yes, in a you know, the kids come back and they've all been at home and um, a bunch of the girls were coming home saying that there were no feminine products in the bathroom. And mind you, this is middle school. Middle so school. Which, this is like the time when, you yes. know, they start the process. They need and, them. And they need them and they're completely embarrassed if they don't have of a course. solution. I mean, or not obviously. be prepared. And of course we tell all of our girls to be prepared, but you can't always be prepared. And so you would assume that there would be extra supplies in the bathroom, girls' yeah. bathroom. Right. So I found this very hard to believe that this was the case. I thought the girls you know, were mistaken. No, sure enough, I marched myself right into that middle school. And sure enough, they are not feminine products 
being stalked in the girl's bathroom because they were having an issue with boys using the tampons and and pads. The boys were using tampons as projectiles and sticking pads on the lockers because the tampons and pads were also in the boys' bathroom. So the boys had access to them. Uh And so the solution to this behavior of the tampons and pads being used like like that was to take them out of all the bathrooms. <laughs> like that's the solution. <laughs> I so oh that's classic. So classic. and then the girls are expected to go to the nurse uh-huh. for their supplies. Okay. Which that's really what you want to do in middle school is go to the nurse. Right. And talk to her about yeah, your menstrual no, it's cycle. Totally logical. That's exactly. I mean, no doubt. Easier to go to the nurse's office and talk about it than uh-huh. to just get them in the bathroom where yeah. you need to go anyway. The other kind of interesting thing on the same same kind of mindset of the feminine products was because stomach cramps were a symptom, a COVID symptom for a long time. Mm-hmm. Girls would be sent home if they went to the nurse and said they had like cramps, and so we had to tell the girls. If you think you have a stomach cramp, don't say that because you're going to have to be. No, I told my kids. Have, you like, have to say something else. You have, I told them, do not go to the nurse. Do not under go to the nurse. Like all circumstance. Me. But that was another crazy thing that of the COVID times. Right? You couldn't. You everything couldn't was say anything. No, everything was COVID. We were always like, say nothing. And then they're out of school for like 10 days. Yeah. And the best, and then be, you couldn't get them back in. No, and then the best had to be, I got a note saying, what is going on? Because your child's been out of school 10 days. And I'm like, what she has only had COVID for two. You made her stay out the other eight. Like, what do you mean? It's it was insane. a mess. It was so such a mess. Insane. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad. Thank God that's over. I know. Thank I know. God. That's that's that is how we should end this. Yes. Thank God that is over. Exactly. Those yeah. were dark times, Lauren. It they were. They were dark times. Yeah. But we're on the up and up now. We're on so. the up and up. I mean, well, <laughs> for the most part. For the most part, we think we yes, are. We are. All right. Okay. Have you ever wondered what your pet is thinking or feeling? Well, Kelly and I had our pets read by an animal communicator and the results were very surprising. If you're not a believer, you might just have to try it yourself after you listen to the next episode. Thanks for listening. Until next time, this is I Know a Thing, a podcast by ordinary moms exploring what we find curious.